Uh, Dennis is the, it led me to the Lord. And how that happened was he was an incredible businessman with incredible integrity. He, he, uh, he had a work ethic beyond most. Um, he and Tanine were in an environment where it was very much Animal House-esque. If you've ever seen the movie Animal House, and they did an incredible job of representing the Lord in that environment uh, without judgment. And because of those two kinds of combinations, his father went to be with the Lord, and, and everybody, there's so many of us that showed up to that funeral, and the presence of God was so strong. I experienced the presence of God for the very first time in my life like never before. And for hours, I couldn't even talk. And it was the next Sunday that I went to church. I think it might have been two weeks that I went to church at his church. And I can remember praying that if they brought the snakes out, Lord, I'm leaving. <laughs> and, I, you know, and, and, you know, I, I was a guy who lived a wide-open life and thought he was okay with God. And then I found out that the presence of the Lord showed me where I really was, and then he also showed me his mercy and forgiveness at the same time. And that Sunday morning, the, the power of God came on me so much that Dennis had to fireman carry me to the altar. The preacher never preached. There were several of us that got saved that morning, and it's just during the worship time, came to know the Lord, and you carried me to the altar, and we prayed until way after the service. I believe we were talking last night. Your mama said, now, when you go out that door, Alex, the devil's going to come at you and try to knock you off point. And I said, Dennis reminded me that I said, well, then I ain't going. <laughs> I'm going to stay here. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, as I invited him, and it's been a long time coming to, to share um, with us, um, he's going to get credit for every one of you, every one of me, everything that I've ever influenced from the time I was at Seacoast to the time I went to Northwood Assembly to the time I opened the two campuses in Columbia and, and, and Eastside Church. I want to be near him in heaven, don't y'all? Let's give an incredible, honoring welcome to Dennis Stone as he comes and shares the word with us this morning. Would you give your pastor and his wife, Liz, a wonderful hand right now? Thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. Thank Alex for those kind words. I tell him all the time he's too kind. And she got up and fixed us a delicious breakfast this morning. <laughs> Strawberries, raspberries, and I said, I've been eating three pieces of toast and orange juice or a Diet Mountain Dew since I was five years old. That's all I needed. <laughs> so I'm an easy keeper, but I appreciate them. I do appreciate uh, Brother Alex. I could say a lot of words this morning. All I can say is he is a transformed creature in Christ. Truly to God, the old man passed away and the Lord got a brand new person and began to pastor now several pastorates. About the same time I have, 28 years. He's just got to go a couple different places. I've been staying in the same place for 28 years. He said, how's your church? I said, we've been up, we've been down, we've been up, and we've been down. 
but the Lord has been faithful. Amen. What an honor to be here today with you, brother. Uh, just say this. I mean, one thing, years ago, he was, uh, it was 1988, and you that have been in religion that long, or watched TV or whatever as far as spiritual things, we had Jim Baker and we had uh, Jimmy Swagger and several of those guys aired and really failed in those ministries that particular time. And uh, Alex has always been pretty loud. I don't know if you know that or not, okay? <laughs> and, and years ago, we went, when he wasn't quite drinking Kool-Aid, he'd get real, real loud. <clears throat> and right in your face, you know. But they came in and he, and the Lord, this is the way the Lord used it. And I tried to be me, and I'm a big cut up like he was. I just didn't need anything inside of me. Matter of fact, our boss asked me one time, he said, what is it you drink every morning? I said, it's about that much of the Holy Spirit. And, that, and that's the way I would minister, not preaching or Bible thumping him, but just be me and share the Lord. And he came in that day, and he'd been raised in another denomination. I'm old, I'm old-fashioned classical, I guess you could say, Pentecostal slash charismatic, and uh he came in that day, and I was there, and there was seven or eight guys, five or six guys around that table, and he took his glasses off then. And I don't know if you remember the Jimmy Swagger repentance testimony. But he said, oh, here he is. He said, Pastor, forgive me. I have sinned. And I said, I, said, I know what you're talking about, but the Lord convicted him the first time right there. And now he's a spirit-filled, full gospel, Bible-believing, speaking in tongues, using the gifts of the Spirit, fireball preacher. Can you say amen? Now what I tell people is this. Hey, if the Lord can use me and him, and I know he can, because he used a donkey to speak the word, so he can use all of us. Amen, Pastor? And Liz, thank you, and to their family, and to you, how sweet and kind you were. Last night I met Brock and some different ones. This morning I came in and was worshiping with the praise team. Folks, I don't know if you know it. I guess you do. But they get here about 6 o'clock in the morning time. So they've already had church for about three hours before you get to church. If I was you, I'd slide on in with them about 8.15, 8.30. Get good and warmed up. Just like they do. And what a marvelous job. Would you give them a hand? Amen. And I'll stop this in a minute, but all the people that work in the back that you don't ever see until something messes up. And then everybody looks at the media like, what did you do back there? He didn't mean to do it. She didn't mean to do it, I promise. Something just malfunctioned, okay? So let's remember that. But in the Word today, I want to jump in the Word because I know we've got two services. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to Psalms, the book of Psalms, and in the book of Psalms, the 34th chapter there. And I want to read just a minute, if I can, and share verses number 17 through 20. We've had a wonderful worship time, as we used to say in the Pentecostal church. We could go home now and say we've been in the midst of God. Amen. We've been in the presence of the Lord, sister, and your prayer was wonderful. But I believe God wants to plant a seed inside of us now. Because here's my word for you, and I believe it's a prophetic word. Now, usually in our rank of churches, if I go to my brother's church and my brother's church, I usually want to preach a word that I know it's an owl word, a rhema word, a fresh word, but I also want that word to be something that I know and I've got it down pat. So when I walk away, I say, that boy can preach. I'm just being honest with you, you know. If you tell a joke, you want to tell a good joke. If I preach a sermon, I don't preach a good But the last couple of weeks, 
the Lord began, I had two sermons. I told him, I said, this is what I'm going to preach. But the Lord began to bombard me. And four weeks ago in our church, the Lord allowed a prophetic message to be brought out. And this is what he said. I'm going to paraphrase it. He basically said, you look like a church. You're acting like a church. You prayed some of that this morning. You sound like a church from afar off. You smell like a church. But he said to heal the world and to heal the culture that we're all talking about, I've got to first heal my church on the inside. Now, I was taught all the way through, praise my way through it, and I do. But there's sometimes there's deep things on the inside of us where we're hurting that you can't see. And we're good spirit-filled Christians. But God wants to do much more than that. And I came to tell you this morning, that's what He's fixing to do to this church. I speak it as a prophecy this morning that God is wanting to heal all of us in this service. He's wanting to heal this east side church completely. Not from the outside in so we look like we got it together. We sound, but He wants to reach way down deep. Like your pastors have been hurt before. And not just heal the symptoms, but heal the wounds. And leave the scars for our testimony. Here's what the Word of God says this morning. Read with me Psalms 34, 17 through 20. By the way, Byron, good to see you. I haven't seen him in years. He is right here on the fourth row. He's a great friend of mine and our hero in basketball, isn't he, Brother Alex? He's a tough dude there. Here's what it says. You did it this morning. The righteous cry out. And the Lord hears them and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such who have a broken spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, not the unrighteous, but the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Can you pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, as your word comes forth, Lord, let every hear, ear begin to hear what you say. Let every eye begin to fasten their eyes and see what thus says the word of God. I want it to be so plain this morning with your anointing and your spirit, Lord Jesus, that like Habakkuk said, now I will see what the Lord says. The common language would be, I will hear what he says. But this time, Habakkuk said, no, Lord, to see the vision I need to see, I want to be able to see what you're saying to me. Let it be clear and very focused. Lord, touch each and every one, I pray, Lord. Save the lost if they should be here this morning. Deliver us out of bondage, both the non-Christian and and the Christian that has bondage, as the video just said this morning, fill us all with your spirit, Lord, and let healings take place, I pray. <clears throat> let miracles begin to take place in this church, Lord. Lord, can I just pray this morning the prayer that Peter and John prayed after they were delivered to prison, the first prayer recorded in the Word of God after the day of Pentecost, and they said something like this, Now, Lord our God, would you stretch forth your arms over this vast place, your sanctuary, and let signs and wonders and miracles begin to take place in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Heal the wounds. I told Brother Alex the other day when I first started preaching 30 years ago now, 28 years at the same church, but I wanted to be inspirational. I wanted to fire them up, you know, and I still want to do that. And then, then there was a few years later, I listened to all these great preachers like yours, another one, so deep in the Word, and 
Sometimes in Revelations, they lose me, and I'm looking around like, what's going on? And I said, Lord, I want to be an informational preacher. And I went one time I got up and preached on the book of Revelation. A new guy came in, a young preacher. He said, Pastor, he said, that was the most powerful book on Re- or sermon on Revelations I've ever heard. I told Tanae when I got home, I said, I hope he understood what I said because I sure didn't understand it there. <laughs> but I'm just simple old me, a country boy from Sim- Simpleville, Simpsonville, South Carolina. So then I learned through all of it, and this has been about 15 years into pastoring, I learned, Lord, I don't just care if I'm inspirational. I don't care if they think I'm informational. But I want to be like Paul. I want to be transformational. I want the words that I say to transform them because they're not my word anyhow. They're God's word. You know, that's what Paul said. He said, I didn't come to you with enticing men's words, enticing men's words of men's wisdom or eloquent speech, but I came in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we've seen here this morning. Now, there's another scripture I want to use. You don't have to look it up. But in Revelations, the 13th chapter, it is totally different. And I just talked that I'm not a prophecy-type preacher here. I'll let your pastor dig into that word. But it's, I'm taking it totally different, but I want to use the idea. When you read that, and most scholars say, the Bible says, and the beast arose, and when he did, listen now, it's the idea of mockery trying to replicate what God does to our life. And it said he rose up and he received a fatal wound, a wound unto death. But he was healed and then he raised up. And the people, watch this, they did three things. They wondered in amazement. Then they began to worship him, show their praise toward this beast. And then the Bible says they begin to wage war against the enemy. Can I tell you this morning, Revelations here, John's not talking about that, but he is telling us that's what Jesus does to us. In this world, as sinners and as Christians, sometimes we get wounded, we get hurt, we get devastated. Sometimes we almost get destroyed. But the Bible says that God wants to use that fatal wound, and he wants to raise us up. And as he raises up, people around and look at me and you, and they say, wow. Them old boys. That old boy used to do this and the other, but look at him now. They'll look at us with amazement. Not us, but Christ inside of us. And then it says, what do we begin to do? We begin to worship him. As you're doing this, he's all over the place worshiping your pastor this morning. You begin to worship the one who healed you. And then... Now your focus becomes as as you worship him and you take your testimony of the fatal wounding that the enemy placed upon you. You take that testimony and now you begin to wage war against the enemy. I come to tell you East Side Church this morning, that's where you're in the process right now. Some of you have been fatally wounded almost to death there. But you've learned how to worship the Lord through it. But now he's fixing to turn that around and the wounds that you've gone through He's going to leave the scars on the inside, on the outside, so people that look in you and they can say, yes, that happened to him, but God's still using and that using him, and that's the way you wage war on the enemy. Somebody say amen this morning. I believe that with all my heart. Well, you know the Bible, <clears throat> excuse me, the Bible says it like this. He said, in, in the John 10 and 10, which our theme scripture is for the Abundant Life Church in Simpsonville, John 10 and 10. It's the devil's mission and it's the Lord's mission. 
The thief cometh, but to do what? But to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And it seems like the church, not this church, but in most areas, our church that I pastor sometimes, we'll go into modes of just survival, just barely making it through. But I've come to tell you today, Jesus wants you to have not only eternal life, but abundant life. Did you hear me this morning? Eternal life is a gift of God. But abundant life is a choice. Let that stick in your mind. Eternal life is a gift of Him and He saves me. But there's a lot of people just hang out and I'm saved and I'm ready. I'm occupied till He comes. But He said, I want to give you life and life more abundantly that when they look at you and look at you and look at you, brother, leading that word, said, how does that God do that? It's not Him, but it's Christ that lives on the inside of me. That's what I'm talking about today is allowing God to use us in a mighty way. A couple of just examples very quickly this morning. But the Bible says in the book of Job, Job was there. He was righteous before all people. Perfect almost in the sight of man. And the devil came to the Lord and said, you let me mess him up. And he started messing him up by, he took his finances away. He took his economy away. Took his livestock away. Then the messenger came by. What a messenger to come to you. And it says also the storms came around and killed all of your children. What else could happen to him? Well, it did. Then his health was stricken down by the enemy. And his health was stricken down. And there he was sitting in an old junkyard, if you would. In an old junk heap. And the Bible said he had boils on his body from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. He had taken a piece of broken pottery to get a little bit of ease. Like when you need to scratch yourself and you're itching. He was raking the boils from his body there. And then his dear sweet wife, thank God for our dear sweet wives. They can give you a word. Make sure you know what that word is, okay? <laughs> she came by and said, what? Why don't you curse God and die? I tell people this. I said, I believe with all my heart something rose up in old Job. Here's the thing. I, I, let's don't dog her out too bad, by the way. She lost everything, too. I just kind of learned that a lady in my church told me a couple of years I was preaching. I'd really dog her out, you know, kind of gig my wife there just a little bit, you know. And uh, she said, remember, that wife went through everything that he did also. But there was enough spirit on the inside of him. The Bible said he looked at her, and I think he said something like this. Woman, I know we've lost everything. You've been good to me. The Lord's been good to me. We've lost everything. But if I've got enough breath on the inside to curse him, Woo, where's our brother that was singing up there? Then I got enough breath on the inside of me to praise his name. And then that scripture that resounds throughout the ages, he said, I know, I know my Redeemer liveth. And one of these days, I'm going to see him face to face and behold him for who he is. He didn't let the wounding of the devil leave him in the ash heap. But he said, God's going to touch me one more time. And should he not, I'm still going to give my God praise. Can somebody give the Lord a praise clap? Hand me a bottle of water if you'd open that for me right there. Thank you so much, man. Amen. We've got to understand that this morning. Well, let's go to somebody that I know real well. Not Brother Alex this time, but me. In about 2000, we've told them the story, and they prayed with him. 
probably prayed me through a couple times with it. The Lord did send him by. A few years ago, I was ready to throw in the towel. Our church was about the size of this, and we were 350, 400 people strong. And through our organization, which is the man-made government, let's just say what it is, but through our organization that I'm in, they began to do some things. And our church ended up splitting about two-thirds off, or at least half. I told Alex, I said, it split off half, and then I run off another 10 or 20% because I was frustrated and wanting them to feel what I'd felt, the wounds there. But anyhow, the Lord dealt with me on that. I looked around, $30,000 a month between 20 and $30,000 a month. Finance is gone. Economy is gone. What can be going on here? And right after that, within a period of a year or two, I found out my middle son, my middle son was on hard drugs, shooting in his veins. And I thought, oh, God, can this get any worse? It did. February 15, 2015. I was out looking for him one night. I won't go in the old story, uh, the whole story, but I was out looking for him and, and just around the parking lot, and all of a sudden I had a guy grab this arm and a guy grab this arm. I'll go ahead and tell you. I tell people around the church, but I said, I have Brother Smith in this pocket and Sister Wesson in this pocket. I was loaded for bear, but I only had two, and there was three. And about that time, my arm stretched out this way, and I felt a gun. I mean, you could hear it pop in my head. And then I heard the most dreaded thing you could ever hear behind you. Click, that hammer went back. Somebody said, oh, you know a little bit of martial arts and different things. What would you do? I said, I needed a bathroom real quick. It scared me. But about that time, across about three parking lanes over, a policeman got out of there. And or stood up. He said, hey, what's going on? And those guys took off running. The Lord saved me and spared me again. I was already, give the Lord a hand clap. I'm telling you, God's been good to me. He's still working on it. He's doing a lot better, my son. But we're still believing that God is able to do, again, exceedingly abundantly, what our fleshly minds will think according to the power that already works inside of us. By the way, what is that power? It's the power of the Holy Spirit that we're filled with. Not just a one-time feeling to some of our good Pentecostal brothers. We used to get on the Baptist and say, once saved, always saved. And we'd, we'd talk about that. Then I say we've got a lot of Pentecostal churches that say, once filled, always filled. But can I tell you, mine runs low every once in a while. That's the reason I come to worship service. That's the reason I jump around and say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you, Lord, for what you've brought me through. And as I praise the Lord, people that know me know what I've been through. And they say, there's his testimony. There's his scars he's gone through. The devil might have split the church a little bit. The devil tried to kill him. But God's still alive. And he's still preaching the word of God right now. Amen. Give the Lord a praise clap. Here's what I have to have a mind shift. Understand this. God's not the author of confusion. So if it's in the church, we got people. It can happen. It can happen, brother. It can happen up here. Matter of fact, I tease people. I love musicians. And you got some great ones. I said, but y'all can be some of the quirkiest people in the world sometimes. Because <laughs> they're perfectionists. And his perfection is not his perfection. And this guy's got to kind of coach them in. You know what I'm talking about. Pulling, pulling that in. You know, and the enemy can work in any of those things. 
If you got four or five, <laughs> I hit something I won't go on. If you got four or five pastors, me and him. You smile at me, but you got it in your house if you got a husband or a wife. Or if you got one of those creatures that turns about 12 to 13 years old. And you want to put them in the closet and feed them up under there for the next six or seven years. <clears throat> we love y'all, but you know what I'm saying. It can be total chaos and confusion there. But the devil's not in that. So somebody, and hopefully one of us, but I don't always do it because I get in the flesh sometimes. But hopefully one of us, wait a minute, wait a minute, whoa, 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 let's back up. God's not the author of confusion. So if he's not, who is? Satan, the devil, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And everything he gets his nose into, that's what he does. So we got to stand up tall and say, wait a minute. Your word says, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed. There's that transformation right there. Be transformed by the renewing of the mind. We've got to have a total transformation and start looking on things different. That's when you go back to the word that you preach so strongly now. Stand on the word, believe in the spirit. Stand on the word, believe in the spirit. That's all church is about. All the worship falls under that. All the singing. All the children's church. All the youth. All the preaching that we do. Preach the word. The word of God. And also moving in the power of the spirit. So here's what I had to do. And this is what I'm telling you. I preached bitter. Listen to me. That's some of my scars. I preached bitter for two years and four months. About what had happened to us. Not that everything was perfect up until then. But I went through that battle. Listen sister. I praised through it. I jumped. I did the old Pentecostal shout through it. Everything looked good. I preached through it. I saw people get healed. But I still needed. I still needed a touch. And finally I went to my advisory council. And my church I said I can't do this again. Until I get healed. And I took off some time there. And the Lord began to pour His Spirit, the old, what will you say, healing balm of Gilead into my life and over my head and anoint me once again. But I go to preachers and I go to churches and I see it in our church all the time. And I've tried not to let it happen to me because I know how it is. But I was doing, I told our church, I said, I'm doing the same thing as somebody commit adultery or somebody in the midst of fornication and we pray for them and we allow them and we want to pray over them. But I was in the same midst of them. But I was trying to pray myself through and I was wounded, but I need a healing, Lord. And about that time, that was when the song came out from Point of Grace. Y'all might sing it around, but it's, it's the song, Heal the Wounds and Take My Scars. Or Heal the Wounds, but Leave the Scars so other people can see. I started quoting the word there. I said, Lord, heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will stand forever. Quoting the word, your word's not void, but it will accomplish the fact that it was sent for. If the enemy comes up against me, the Lord's going to raise up a standard against the enemy. That's where you've got to get back in the word of God. That's the way you begin to heal yourself. You know, David said it like this. He said, I begin to rejoice within myself and the word of God begin to lift me up. That's what you, we look for a preacher, a pastor, or singers to do, but we need, we've got the same spirit on the inside of us. That's what I'm telling you this morning, church. If the Lord can get us where we need to be, heal our hearts, heal our minds, heal our broken heartedness, then we can go out and tell a lost and dying world about what he's done for us. Very quickly, yeah, give the Lord one more hand clap. One more example. <clears throat> Excuse me. Apostle Peter. 
Jesus looked at him and said, The devil wants to devour you. You know what the word devour means? Malachi was the first one to use that, devour. Devourer. The word devour or devourer means seed eater. He wants to eat the produce that you would be supplying or giving or serving with in ministry. He wants to eat your children. He wants you to keep, I'm going to plug you right here. He wants to keep you to keep your tithes and offering because that's your seed that you sow for the harvest. And he'll place things in your life to wound you in these situations. Understand me this morning, that's what the devil wants to do. But God said, this is not going to happen to you. Jesus spoke to him and said this, but I'm going to pray for you. Why did the devil, why did the devil want to kill Peter? Because he knew this. He knew that one of those days, he was going to stand up and preach the day of Pentecost. And 3,000 people were going to be saved. Here's what I tell my son. I said, son, listen to me. I said, you went through some things. You got wounded. But you got some scars. And he still fights that. Ashamed. Still fights that sometimes. I said, but here's what you got to do. Let your God know that he can still touch you and use you. God can't use anybody like me. Folks, he can. He can take a heroin addict. I tell preachers all the time, you know what will change your mind? about addicts when they pull their car in your driveway that's what will change you when you go through something but remember this you're going through something because God's going to raise you up like an apostle Peter to speak the word you've been touched but the Lord knew right where you are Let me close in this way. I believe the Lord wants me to tell you today, you need to get well. Here's what we try to do. We try to hide it in church. Matter of fact, I don't think you do, but most churches in the denomination, they hide it. Preachers get in trouble. They put on a preacher's coat. They look real good, and they hide it. But the Lord told me a few years ago, said, don't fake it till you make it. But if you can make it, if you can take it, you can make it. I read his word, Isaiah 53 and 5. And I've always used that for healing. Laying hands on the sick as we do, as y'all do. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement for our peace. We forget that sin there. That's if you go through the time of bereavement, death of a loved one. That's if you go through the wounded times and you can't get back up. And by His stripes, we're healed. We're healed. But now our minds got to get set. I'm a child of the Most High God. So let me encourage you today. Two things happen. Two things very quickly happen when you're wounded. There's only way to get one way to get healed. The first thing is this. Uncover that wound. Take that bandage off. What? So fresh breath. And that's what he's doing now. The fresh breath of the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed on him and said, Receive you the Holy Spirit sweeping through this place. And then secondly, 
When you pull that off, it might bleed a little bit. But blood flow is what really begins to heal that. Fresh air and blood flow. And I thought about it. Matter of fact, that came from a brother who was a doctor. I thought about that and said, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Some of you remember that old song. Don't cover it up. Matter of fact, I feel like I need to show you this. I don't look quite as good as your pastor, but I run a close second to him. Look pretty good. This coat on. I wear jeans sometimes. Love cowboy boots. Slack, but this morning I felt like dressing this. But it looks pretty decent, don't it? I mean, not bad for a 61-year-old guy. But here's what we do. We bring church stuff into church and we cover it up. We preachers do the same thing. Disturbed, dysfunctional, cray cray, crazy, hurt, abused, beaten down. In our church, I've got three middle school girls, whether well, old or not, but when they were middle school girls, my good old preacher, him losing his mind, devil working on him, but we're touched fondled and abused and I was preaching on something about wounds one time and I saw him begin to weep you don't ever know what's going on that's the reason I asked you last night God help me. that's the reason I asked me last night let me come in and sit in a few of these chairs as I pray I want to I want I'm not your pastor but I want to feel what you feel what you're going through I can only be for, here for a while. He does the same thing. But listen to me. But there's a God in heaven who knows what we've gone through. Who feels that feeling. I came by to tell you this morning. Let Him touch you. Uncover the, that, those wounds. Let Him heal you. Let His blood just keep flowing through you. Let His Spirit begin to feel you. Be ye filled. With the Spirit. Would you stand to your feet right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, would you just start praising Him right now? Let the Holy Spirit begin to move through you right now. Well, Pastor, I'm not sure about that. Just avail yourself. I don't care if you're Baptist or Catholic or Methodist, what denomination, that's not, that doesn't matter. But just avail yourself simply means open yourself and say, Lord, I want everything that you've got for me right now. 
I want you to touch me right now, Lord. I want you to heal my body. I want you to reach down and heal the wounds in my body right now. Some of you have been addicted before to drugs or some type of thing, maybe to sex or porno, and this morning you still deal with these things. Listen, I'm not going to tell you that the Lord's going to remove the scars. He doesn't want to. Remember, doubting Thomas said, Lord, listen. He said, I want to know that's you. I won't know that's you for sure and touch, until I touch the nail prints in your hands. That's what people are going to see here. He went through it. Brother Darrell went through it. Pastor Alex went through it. Brother John went through it. Hallelujah. Just let him touch it. We got a couple more minutes this morning. I'll turn it right over to your pastor. But Father, in this the next two to three minutes, Lord, would you just touch this church in a mighty way? I pray for every person. Because here's what's going to happen. You were wounded. He wanted to leave you for dead. Oh, now you're back, back in the mode. I'm saved. I'm filled with the Spirit. The Lord's touching me. Now He's using me to worship. Thank God. But then the third thing was he wants to use the scars, the testimony that you had. You went through a test. Now you've got a testimony to tell a lost and dying world. And that's the way we bring revival to Charlotte and that little area of locusts and all the smaller areas right around Charlotte. That's the way you bring it. Not just telling you, telling them how God is so good, but how God's been so good to you. See these scars. I went through it. Don't be ashamed of your testimony this more. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ by which I have power unto salvation. Hallelujah. Heal them right now. Heal these people in here right now. Heal these young folks, Lord. Heal the men and the women of this church. Heal this body, Lord Jesus. I pray let your spirit begin to breathe down fresh. Fresh upon them. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you just open your arms like I'm fixing to give you something? I'm not, but the Lord is. Oh, Lord, I pray for everyone from the pastor, the pastor's staff, Lord, advisory all the way through this church, Lord. Let healing virtue begin to flow. And, Lord, as you heal us, then give us the spirit of boldness. And then, Lord, not only in here, like it's happening right now, it was happening during praise and worship, but, Lord, I believe you're going to stretch forth your arms out and let signs and wonders, listen to me, church, begin to happen not only in this sanctuary with the group of believers oh it's happening now but when you go out as I told our church instead of you wanting to get hands laid on you all the time you can't wait to get to your neighbor you can't wait till you get to the hospital you can't wait till you get to your fellow worker to lay hands on him and tell him what God's done for you and what he wants to do for them hallelujah 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 Jesus name we pray now can you say amen so be it